0: Portions of our broadcast day made possible by Internet Media Providers, makers of Patriot. With Patriot, every news channel in the world is at your fingertips. The Patriot. For more information, look for the link to Internet Media Providers on this website or app. Or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com.
1: Welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review Here we will discuss the contrast between two worldviews, one being biblical and the other being worldly. How does a follower of Christ distinguish between the two? And now here's your host, Cleveland Rhodes. Hello and welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review. I'm your host, Cleveland Rhodes, and I want to thank each and every one of you for this wonderful media experience. Yes, that's all I'm going to say for a minute. Yes. People be asking. Where is the last week show Cleveland? Oh yeah. I forgot to put it up on Anchor. I will do that for this week. So you could listen to last week's broadcast. And a lot of people been Who have been chatting into last week's broadcast. Has been asking me lots and lots and lots of questions. About. Of this thing called timeline. From the stupidity among the heathens. And they want to know. So, Cleveland, will you try to say is Are you being conspiracy theorists about this whole matter? And I said no. Why do I not want to do all that? Because it sounds like to me you are. Well, if I were, that's between me and God. And besides, anything you bring in is a truth that's against the narrative of a society that considers conspiracy theorists. You know, maybe I know Alice Jones. I don't know him per se but watch him listen to him sometime you know he is he do be so far-fetched and then people label him as a conspiracy theorist because he seemed like he's going off the rails but some of the things that he do come up with makes a whole lot more sense than the average person but now they want to lump people who brings in truth and try to say what is true is not biblical they try to say well biblical it, it, it can't be biblical cleveland because for you to really um be an at uh uh antagonist to it is so not you well depend the de- define biblical because see biblical is what god calls things to be but see here we go we try to argue our points about truth and I could like these stupid uh people out here. Yeah now, now people get mad at me call people stupid. Well, define stupid. Well, people do do stupid things. And you know, I said, "Well, Cleveland, you you not being you not being Christian." Define being stupid. I mean, define it. because if we keep going on and on and on with all of this stuff going on around here i mean technically speaking we are being dumb in and, and stupid at the same time because everything you do is always something that has to do with the person and never the uh the the understanding of the mindset of man Think about i want you to think about this for one good minute here you got people on both sides of the other out trying to make their belief system to be right but define that i mean seriously define that define the definition of being right okay i want you to think about that for a second here because a lot of times what we do, we're trying to get so crazy and never really go into these variations of stuff going on here. Now, I want to do a little bit more jump through scenario here. Let me, let me explain last week's show to give you to get you up to speed to now. I gave you a timeline of a lot of stuff has been going on now and still going on to this day a lot of people are acting from the emotions matter of fact I had someone that I thought is a brother Christ it's had unfriend me due to the fact I brought because he don't like the stuff I put on there he's so caught up in his emotions now why in the world Will someone get caught up in emotions well two reasons One reason is because when you get caught up in your emotions, you don't see the truth before the eyes And when God try to reveal something to you, you can't see nothing else about it That's the truth. That's the whole truth behind the whole matter here Now another thing is that a lot of times what we do is get caught up and we get caught up in ourselves And never take the time to ask the lord for direction why is that? Well, because everything we do is more about me and never about the Lord. It's always about something here. I'm gonna even go a little bit further here. It getting so bad right now that people people are really wanting to find ways to justify their mitigate hatred to authority. Let me give you an example here. Do you know that in a lot of these inner cities and urban core, they want to define what? The police department. How do you justify something like that? You want to define something that you know for a fact that has no regulation whatsoever. But you, you, you want to define it because it's, it's going against what you feel. But here's the question I need to ask you. Why your feelings in the way? And and nobody really have not asked that answer that question. Why are your feelings in the way? Why? Because I mean if your feelings is really the essence of everything else, then how in the world can God could talk to you? Are you going to go and buy a feeling? I mean. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well it does. Because you think about. If you of the world. You going to have those feelings. That's the truth. And, And that's really. What's really going on here. Those feelings. That you are. So copying. Are the same feelings. That really make you. Feel this way But you never ask The question of why Because you ask the question of why It will get you to look At why you're doing this It does So it's really Kind of redonkulous In the way It is and a lot of people Get mad at me by saying that You know that this is, this is. This is really sad. No why. Is it everything. All about. Your feelings. I mean we got story after story after story. Line by the line by the line. Shows. That. People are based on their feelings. It's never based on what the word God had to say about anything you know I want to really get into this this one now this is a passing them uh Reverend Darnell Scott about this they were going to jump into more topics from this to the point of what we going to say here so let's get into this whole bizarre world of the heathens for a second to get into the bottom line of this this is will show you how stupid this state could get literally trust me i know when you have to deal with people who don't understand truth this is where you get here so let's go ahead and begin with this all this mess here
0: pastor scott you may begin
2: chairman nadler members of committee Ranking Member Jordan, thank you for inviting me to participate in these very serious hearings today. I want to begin by stating that the prospect of defunding and or dismantling police forces across the country is one of the most unwise, irresponsible proposals by American politicians in our nation's history and makes absolutely no sense at all, at least to me. I believe it is nothing short of the politicizing of current social events in an effort to garner votes during this election season. I also believe that it's a reactionary measure that can and will result in short and long term damage to American society, particularly in our inner city and urban communities. Now, I recognize the fact that the elimination of excessive force and physical retaliation by officers of the law against American citizens is paramount today. I recognize the fact that racial profiling and the harsh treatment of minorities is a very real reality that must be eliminated immediately. I myself can testify of times in my life when I felt racially profiled by police. I can testify of times in my life when I was pulled over for driving while Black, I can testify of giving my grandson, who is now of driving age, the talk of how to properly behave if pulled over by police because because he had the question of a very real fear of the possibility of death at the hands of police. In fact, my very first interaction with police when I was 13 years old resulted in me being roughed up. I could very easily have Been George Floyd. George Floyd could have very easily been me, my brothers, my friends, or any number of any other black men in America. However, I do not recommend throwing the baby out with the bathwater by labeling all police officers as bad cops simply because of the bad actions of a rogue segment of those whose job is supposed to be to protect and to serve American citizens. In fact, in certain inner city communities across America, increased funding for police and increased police presence is actually necessary in order to enforce the law and to guarantee the safety and the security of law abiding members of those communities as one who was formerly in that street life years ago. I might be a pastor, but I didn't come down from heaven. I came up out of hell with the rest of everybody else. I was formerly in that street life. I know very much about the criminal element, and I can state definitively that the criminal element in and of society would enjoy nothing better than a reduction in police presence and police power. It would allow those with criminal intentions and criminal acts to flourish virtually unchallenged in the communities of America. The law-abiding members of society would be directly threatened by the absence of police, or the inability of police to respond to criminal activities and in many cases would endeavor to take the law into their own hands to ensure their safety and well-being as evidenced by the response of some who decided to defend themselves and their property from vandalism. An absence of police presence could potentially give rise to acts of domestic terrorism, mob rule, gang rule, neighborhood intimidation, oppression, and vigilanteism. Defunding of police departments has already happened in a number of American cities, and rather than remedying problems, has actually made conditions much worse. The city of Cleveland, my hometown, is a prime example of the results of police defunding. In 2004, the city of Cleveland laid off 285 officers. The entire police budget was slashed by 31%. To cover basic services, the following units were either disbanded or cut forever. The district strike force units, the narcotics unit was completely cut. SWAT was downsized. The fugitive unit was disbanded. The auto theft unit was disbanded. The intelligent unit was cut to bare bones. The mounted unit was cut 85%. The aviation unit was down completely for three years and is now only utilized during special events. The harbor unit was disabled. The boat sits rotting in a dry dock. The scientific investigation unit was cut 80%. All the lab techs were let go. All evidence collection is now done by priority. The D.A.R.E. uh, problem, the Drug Abuse Resistance Education Program was cut, community policing was cut 45%. Cleveland went through a decade-long downsizing, which saw department, the department reduced from 1,900 officers to 1,500 officers on average. Zone car coverage, which directly affects citizens, has been cut. Police presence in any given district or in any given shift has been cut in half. One in two-man units have been cut in half. Response time is dramatically longer if the police show up at all. The murder rates have climbed. The property crime is at record levels. Aggravated robbery statistics are higher. Drug sales, drug use, drug abuse is higher. Drug and alcohol-related motor vehicle accidents are the highest they've ever been. Cleveland has went from a relatively safe city per capita to an unbelievably unsafe city. Calls for service have increased even though the uh, the, the, the population has dropped significantly over the last 20 years. Once safe areas of the city are now unsafe. One, once nice neighborhoods 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 in the city are now not nice. Homicides are up 55% in Cleveland from this time last year, and Cleveland now has a higher murder rate per 100,000 residents than Chicago does. I believe that police departments are only as effective as politicians and their appointees allow them to be. Consequently, politicians and appointees are directly responsible for the state of their police departments. Law-abiding citizens, and I've spoken to a great deal of them, overwhelmingly think that defunding or disbanding police departments is a horrible idea. Community policing is a very viable option to address the needs of inner city communities. Having police in the communities to actually get to know the residents is the best way to obtain the results that we all want. When I was growing up, the residents and the business owners knew the police officers that were assigned to our neighborhoods, and their presence was a deterrent to criminal activity. So in short, defunding of police departments in America has already happened and has proven to be an epic fail. We cannot allow that paradigm to continue if we want the neighborhoods of America to be safe to live in, the streets of America to be safe for residents to walk on, and the communities of America conducive for businesses to thrive in. So I recommend, and I agree with the fact that police reform, or better yet, police revision, revision should be enacted. But it has to be one that is sensitive to the stress, tension, pressure and paranoia that policing produces. The fact that on any given day, any given call, any given stop can result in an officer's death can be very challenging mentally, while also being sensitive to the citizens of America who are supposed to be protected by the police and not be enemies of the police, whether in the suburbs or in the inner cities, whether we're black, white, red, yellow, or brown. I really believe that most police officers, most cops, began their careers. Most bad cops began their careers as good cops. But they allowed the rigors of their job to affect their perspectives and their social interaction with those they are supposed to protect. And they began perceiving those that they are supposed to protect as those they themselves need to be protected from. I'm in agreement. I endorse police reform. But it has to be sensitive to both sides of that issue. Thank you for allowing me.
1: You know, that's really powerful. Uh, Reverend Scott made, made it clear. He is absolutely telling the truth. You know, you no know, prime example, these inner cities... And, you know, we need to really come to the grips about this truth here is that these inner cities are the problem. The cities, the government, the, the, the council, the mayor office, all of them are the problem. And when you look at this stuff and you wonder why people are getting all oh, bent out of shape about it, because they literally don't understand why they are in the shape they are. Let me give you an example here. This is this is a list of of stupid, stupid stuff that's going on in our country, and what I mean by this not just this country, but around the world. The 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 ideal to have define you know when you define something. This is Adolf Hitler. Adolf, Adolf Hitler decided to do this, and um, Adolf Hitler. Did defund. The police departments. All across. To make his own. Because they you know the people in Germany. At that time. You know literally were. Caught up. In their own. Bias. And allowed him to use it. And he used it so well. That. he, He literally. Made it. No, we need to change the police department to fit what we want that's how he think that's exactly his whole notion of thinking here i mean if you don't believe me i am tell you um no it's really no um no it's really really uh um Sad but he did do that And when he did He actually did Literally Define The Police departments all across Germany He did that so swiftly That he Literally Allowed To to do this and that's why you wondering Okay So so why is it that? the people who wants to define the police department Don't see the fact that this is exactly what happened in Nazi Germany during the time of World War two Nobody's don't go and research this stuff here No because this is a stupidity that's among the heathens this is exactly what christians it's a Christians, but want to do this black especially some black christians they want to define the police department but you heard a uh, uh, reverend Dar- uh, uh daryl scott and he's a black man he don't want the police to probably be defined but you got people in the body of christ want to define it this is some of this stupid stuff to go on. Now I'm gonna go a little bit further here. Now a lot of people get mad at me today this week. And we're gonna go a little bit further. I'm going to really bring some more stupidity. This is a list now. We're going to list by list by list. This is another one. Now I'm going to go into this part what happened to these people in New York. Okay? and i'm going to go in with katrina pearson talking to kobe kb baller my father uh and miss lucy now this here is going to change a lot of people a little bit because this here i want to get to the part of 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 miss lucy here and i want to really harm into what she's saying here i know a lot of people will be like uh this is crazy but this is the truth so let's go ahead and get into this because we need to hear this this is this is another part of why this stuff is so stupid okay this is stupidity now let's go go ahead and get in here here
3: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Team Trump Online. I'm Katrina Pearson, senior advisor to President Trump's re-election campaign. And tonight, I'm joined by some amazing small business owners whose viral video captured the hearts and minds of Americans all across the country. Joining us this evening are Mustafa Alcidi and Miss Lucy Halsley. They had their business completely devastated. However, patriots across the country have chipped in, and they're out there supporting you, and I just want to thank you both for coming on the show, and you know, you have defeated the odds and excelled in the face of incredible obstacles, because after all that is what the American spirit is all about So, Mustafa, Lucy, welcome to Team Trump Online
4: Thank you for having us today Thank you very much
3: You know, you both co-owned the Valentine Deli in the Bronx, which was a business that did get swept up in the violence. Uh, Miss Lucy, I must have watched your video multiple times, as well as many people who are on our program, and it's been shared all over the country. Um, Can you share with us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the Valentine Deli? Okay, Uh,
4: let me go back. I'm from Oceola Arkansas, okay? I've been working ever since I was four years old in the field. My mother passed. I've been in New York ever since I was between about 14, 15, maybe 16. I came on an ABC made job and I've been working ever since. A few years back, I had to stop and take care of my kids because there was a lot of problems between my husband and everything else. I always told from my mother, "You ain't gonna be nothing." and I said, I got to prove them wrong. I got to prove them wrong before I die. Um, I met him, God bless him. Before I met him, I used to be an R&B singer, and I was singing for Sam Records Company. Uh, it was up on under Lucy Hawkins, you know, like a stage name. Um, I met him, I've been on this block about almost 40 years or 40 years. Uh, I met the workers first, we gave a great relationship. Then I met him and we began to talk. I said, you know, I would love to open up a business. And he looked at me, oh yeah? I said, yes. He said, it's hard, mommy, it's hard, it's hard. I said, I'm a hard worker, you don't understand. So after a year and a half, we became very close. He, said, he looked at me and said, Oh God, me. he said, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to give you a chance, I have a good feeling you are a hard worker, you will do what you say, I said, sir, I do it telling me I die, if I have to die setting up working, um, I was working before, but I had problems with my back because of 9-11, uh, and I had proof surgery all over me. So he asked me. He said, "With all these problems you got, I, said, I still got a little something left in me. My hands. I want to sew and make things." So I told him the ideas and what I like to. Do. He got, wow. He said, "Look, I'm going to bring you in." So uh, on the day, all the measurement. That night, harbor. Um, I said, it set me back to my dream I always wanted. Nobody in the world, not that I know, unless you have faith, will offer you a partnership, and you don't have any money, you don't have toilet papers or wiping behind the scenes, if you want to take that out, that's fine. But I'm just telling the truth. He said, mommy, come on in. And all I- ideas of what i showed him i could do he loved it i said it's not taken away from this store i would like to see this community build up and put kids to work i'm tired of them getting a high school diploma and then when they go out there they got to work at big dollar uh-huh what's this they call them easy and that's the way it is and i'm looking at the minority okay i'm not talking about just my skin color that doesn't matter I did and in will word, come on work with me we'll do it we'll do it as a alliance and I will bring it to him first I told him I will have nothing that I would have from him and don't have from me because if we're going to be like he's bringing me in as a, a partner uh, into business of under him and then he offered me a place um, You don't have to pay for your I got your tax for right now I got your license for right now I got your permit for right now Don't worry about it Lucy Just bring on what you say And I'm ready I'm ready Believe me I'm ready And with all the people that supported me I didn't even know it was no fun Until about two or three days late And I said Moose out for this place It's got to be fixed up what do we need to do what do you need me to do i can only do so much because uh my back and leg the surgery i had because i'm i have upper chronic in my back and they told me i was supposed to be crippled way before now i said no no way there's a god in heaven as long as i pray and trust god all these years look at this i still be 70 years old and now my dreams is not come. i tell everybody keep your dream don't don't give up don't give up so we want to help the peoples in the neighborhood he talked about the idea he called me later and i said yes sir what happened now at the store he said what do you think of the money left over i said yes because we have to show the people what this money went it or give it back he said how about we go down the streets and see a for photo and see who need help. I said, oh, if the peoples agree on it, i agree. But I want to apply outside. You keep saying, uh, uh, what you say, a frame? I keep saying, I would love a tree. You know why? Cause the tree is from the root, yeah. that's my root. Hang their little, put their little initials on, you know, a little hanging thing from the leaf. Uh-huh. I don't care if it's real four names, you know, you can hang it there, you can hook it and hang it there. And when they come, they can say, look, I bring their children. Look at your grandmama name up there. Look at your dad name up there. Look at mommy name up there with your name. We supported the neighborhood. We did. Yes. I want to be a kingdom builder. And he knows that.
3: Well, that is such uh, a powerful story, Miss Lucy. Yes. I, I I just can't even imagine you know, what you all had to go through. The story that, you know, you both bring today, you know, is truly what America is all about. And, and Mustafa, I mean, she said such wonderful, amazing things about you. Tell us who you are and and how you're here today.
5: She's wonderful. That's why she's here, everybody. (laughs) Um, Like she said, uh, I've been here for almost seven years now with this business. Uh, You know, trying to fix it, trying to make it better, try to do everything we could do to this community. And, um... You know, try to get everybody involved in here and uh, and fix. You know, uh, get get this community to a better place. And and then I start. You know, I met her one time. She was helping me. She's like, she's wonderful. Everybody, everybody in the neighborhood love her. <laughs> she's like, I mean, she, she, she's like a mom. You could say a mom. She would do anything to help anybody. That's what they call me. That's what they called me a PS eighty
4: five when I was there uh, for ten years. This is the mother of the school. Yeah. Kids would get in trouble. My mother worked here, but I was working with parent involvement tax force. They would go get me, Lucy. That's your child. Yes, I'm the mother. When the parent, it's not here. What did the child do?
5: She she do anything without yeah. um you know needed to to, to, to get her payback or. You you have to do anything for her. She just do it from the heart, just oh. to help anybody. He does too. And 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 she been she been there for us since we we know her, sweetheart. I mean, she could be uh, anybody's mom. And then how um, long have you been,
3: been there, Mustafa? What's your, with, what's your story though?
5: What's your story? Like how We've been how here for almost seven years. Year? We've been here for uh, almost seven years. Okay. Um, uh, she was a customer at first. She knew everybody and then we try to talk you know i get to know her because everybody is saying oh this this lady is nice i mean like when you started to talk to her you know she's a sweetheart you know she's 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 good you know she got a good heart from the way she talks from the way she you know uh, appro- uh like it's she's 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 the sweetest, sweetest thing ever i mean uh, you can feel like she's your mom from the first day and then um um she, she used to help us a lot and then we talked about doing business and then we was ready to do like a, a place for her by the um the front of the store we did you know the measure the measurement and everything and ready to, to get everything going and this thing happened i mean you know how is um business everywhere with uh the covid 19 everybody try to you know survive here and 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 you know everybody have bills everybody have family to feed and and uh, you know we was doing our best, and this thing happened. It's just you know, it's, it's very, very bad.
3: Yeah. Where did the name Valentine come from? Why did you name it Valentine Delhi?
5: We are on 188 in Valentine Avenue. So I said, "Is a good name." Um uh Let's name it, and I just named it after that street.
3: Well, it's a, it's a wonderful. I have uh, name for love. I,
5: Yes, and yeah, we have hearts in here all over the um the store oh. uh, to show you if you don't mind.
3: That is amazing. You know, th- did you expect the video to go as viral as it did? And what were you thinking in that
5: moment? We said, you know, we were so mad, we were so sad. Like we said, let's do a video just to post it in, in my uh, brother's uh Facebook because I was just so sad that I didn't want to post anything. And then she did it, and she said, we're gonna go famous just like that. No, nope. you know. They said famous. Everybody was say, Oh, saying, "Are
6: you
4: gonna be famous? You're gonna she be knew, famous." She knew. She knew what she was saying. I want to get the message out. But she spoke. You she want spoke.
6: something?
5: Get up off your butt. She again. spoke her heart out. She spoke from the inside because she, she been there all night. I mean, when that thing happened, I was, I was looking at the camera because it was it was uh, uh we was here until two o'clock in the morning, and there was a shootout in the corner. We said, you know what? No, no, and none of none of the businesses is, uh, is, is worth somebody dying here. So we left. You know, she left, everybody left, and then I got home, and I'm watching the cameras, and I seen them start destroying the store in front, and, you know, and then I called her, I said, Mommy, please, come down, I need I need your help here. And then I came back, and it was, it was, it was just, you know, it was a mess. It was a mess, it was, they destroyed everything in there. Um, You know, we she helped us out the whole night until the morning, cleaned it up until afternoon. She, I mean nobody would do that not a not a, not a friend only um like uh, your partner your family your brother like a very close somebody that comes at middle of the night with, with with everything that was going on that night it was dangerous to anybody anybody and then she was out here helping us out and and cleaning and fixing and we try to do everything we could. Well,
3: you know if anybody deserves to be famous right now, it's you too. What I'd like to do is show everyone the clip that we're speaking about Um, and if anyone deserves to be famous right now, it's you too. Let's take a look.
4: The problem that bothers me, you says Black Lives Matter. I've worked here part-time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said Black Lives Matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell him, Look what you did to my store. Tell him, Look. Tell Look him what sister. you did to
6: we'll my store. Through. Tell them, sister.
4: Okay. That's why, because I got they back. These are my things right here. Good men. Look the things you've done. Good Look. For Black Lives matter. matter. We've been here all night cleaning up. All night cleaning. And you got black people Not. standing right here with them. Black, black people. Tell me. Right. Black Lives Matter. they exactly. You lied. You wanted to loot to the store. You needed money. Get a job like I do. Stop stealing. This is the neighborhood. We try to build it up and you tan it down.
3: Yeah, Miss Lucy, that was that was something else. And and you could definitely hear it in your voice. You can see it in your yes. mannerisms. You you were definitely speaking from your heart and that destruction was unbelievable and inexcusable. So that morning but the, after but the,
4: the the real reason. It's really not my story because people it out Oh, she's the black owner No, I feel this is a part of me in here yeah. It's a place I come, I get coffee They treat me nice with respect Mommy, are you hungry? Do you need something? Nobody gonna do that for you If you if you give respect, respect come back That's all I'm trying to reach out And I'm trying to reach the tell of stop calling your kids stupid if someone said you ain't gonna be nothing you look at it you will be something prove them wrong
1: you know that's really 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 you know just to hear her heart on this thing really tells you where we at now this It tells you a little bit more on the fact that this is how we are in our society today and how people are very cultivated into their own mindset. Because look at how everything is being virtual signal too. Okay. You know, let me put this out here. I'm not being mean, but I'm going to do this right here, right now, I want to speak to my brothers who have to be Caucasian I Don't want your apologies. I don't want your white guilt. That's that is a lie that gives power To blacks who die of God. I mean seriously, um, because when you have a white guilt like that It just formulates everything into the fact that um, God is not in your life. Because God is the orchestrator of everything. God is the one that makes things out of no way. Father God is the one that brings truth to a fallen world. He does. God did. Now, I'm going to play this clip and this is from shelby Steele, and he's going to put it all out there for people to really tell you why this guilt is this is part of the list and we're going to talk about this list in a little bit because it's another list i want to bring to to the forefront so you guys to understand that this is why we need jesus so i'm going to go ahead and put this out here and let this happen in the course of everything right going on. Two is shame how America's past sins have polarized our country.
7: White guilt is a is the terror of being seen as a racist, uh, as a bigot, that now pervades American life. All our social policy, our our culture, uh, everything is touched by this anxiety in most of white America, understandably, given America's history, that they're vulnerable. They have this vulnerability to being uh, disarmed of moral authority uh, uh, by being called a racist. I can use it as a weapon. I can say, you know, I went on a Levin show. Let me tell you the way I was treated. And big, it, it's gonna, it explodes. Uh, so it, it constitutes, that is black power. White guilt is black power. They're, they're virtually one and the same. And one of the big problems we have is that you talk about universities and, and political correctness and so forth. These are all ways in which white Americans say, I'm innocent. I don't feel this way. I, I'm not a bigot. I'm not a racist. I'm, uh, I'm innocent. And their white guilt causes this drive to prove and establish innocence. And so then we have a whole generation of black leaders who do one thing and one thing only milk white guilt.
1: Now, see, now that's the main reason why the people who say they of a guy would not put that on you. So get off that Madra of thinking i need to really adhere to the to this whole thing about white guilt or have this guilty consciousness that you need to apologize to a black man look i don't need no apology personally the only thing you need to be uh, apologizing or repenting is to jesus christ if you feel like you sin And and you know it's a guilt that is your conscience inside doing something that God wants you to repent of a sin not of that So you can't go around and throw in these sorrows and it's a lot of companies are doing this businesses and Corporations are trying to side up with the Black Lives Matter movement Which is a bold-faced lie from the pit of hell You got two, you got lesbians and homosexuals start this group through George Soros. In a discussion. This stuff here, what happened with police brutality, all this stuff is part of the heathens. And you got believers literally praising black power. So they are praising and they are worshiping their skin color. This is the stupidity it comes from. And it's a little bit more now. I'm going to play another clip. And I'm playing a lot of clips here because I want to really hone in on this here. Now, I'm going, it's another list here. This is another list that people don't think about. Now, i use using Brandon Tatum. Who is talking about Cans Owens. Now, I know a lot of black people now are beating up Cans Owens because two things. One reason is because she's telling the truth, bringing facts about what's going on with this guy, George Floyd. And a lot of people being, get bent out of shape because she is telling to. But also, too, see, they also angry because she's married to a Caucasian man. And they said what mitigate gall for her to talk about things going on with black people and she's married to a white guy. You see how that hatred comes out. You see how people are really don't understand the truth behind the, the, the means on what's going on because they literally are not just blind but immersed into your sin. That's what it is. is. sin. So. I'm going to let Brandon take it to the bridge and we're going to go a little bit deeper into why Christians don't need to be involved in all this stupidity. Because it is stupidity. Like I said, I have so many people that were my friends that are black who said they were Christian on friend me on Facebook and telling lies about me saying I'm um um virtue for uh for racism now that right there is enough to tell you where you at in there because now people are so focused on what is what's wrong is right and what is right is wrong the bible speaks about that all through the whole thing in the old testament so let brandon go ahead and take this down to the bridge here for a minute
8: it's very clear so there's no ambiguity You are not confused about what B. Tatum says or where he stands. If you have a problem with Candace, then you have a problem with Brandon Tatum. Let me add this quick message to you haters out there that are claiming to be conservative, hating on Candace Owens. Look, you have your right to have a perspective, and so do Candace Owens. And because your perspectives are different, don't make her right and make you wrong or make you right and make her wrong. Quit being soft. You're just mad. Because she got a bigger platform than you do. You just mad because real recognize real and people can recognize that you fake. Some of y'all running for office and you sitting there talking more about Candace Owens than the person that you running against. Now let's get into the facts. Candace Owens made a video about George Floyd. Candace Owens made a factual video about George Floyd. There is a lot of people in America that love what Candace Owens said that, that believes that she is a honorable individual for being bold enough and strong enough to tell the truth, even though it hurts some of y'all feelings. Then there's a population amongst us who are afraid of the truth. They're afraid of being honest, even though they know that Candace Owens is telling the truth. Even though they know the statistical data proves her right, they are disingenuous in their approach. Because they're afraid to expose the problems in the black community to everybody else. Now, I'll say this. I and Candace almost alike, and she said it in the video. Now, I am going to play the video. I'll put the video in the in the description section. But she said it in the video. And I will give anybody on here that can prove that she did not say what I'm about to say on that video. I will give you $20,000. $20,000. Candace Owens said on a video, which is unequivocal, that the man didn't deserve to die, that justice will be served, and that that police officer will face the court of law based on the decisions that he made. She said unequivocally that her argument about martyrdom is separate from the argument of him dying and whether or not he deserved to die or not. Now, there's two arguments that need to be had, but people don't want to have them because they don't want to be honest. The police officer made poor decisions, in my personal opinion. That has nothing to do with the court of law. He is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. We shall find out, according to 12 people who are considered his peers, are jurors that will determine his fate. Now, the other conversation that Candace Owens is willing to have, that some of y'all phonies don't want to have, is that There is a huge issue of the mental projection in the black community that's matriculating down to every other community in the United States of America. And that is the idea that we are to worship. We are to give uh, uh, wings to. We cannot say a foul word against people who live a life of, of extreme criminal behavior. And then once they die, we can't say nothing about it. They're off limits. It is ungodly to speak of the truth because the person died at the hands of what? A white police officer. They don't mind you talking bad about black people no other time. But if it's done at the hands of a white police officer, then it's an issue. George Floyd. I don't know how many people, if he hadn't died, would be supportive of him. George Floyd committed uh, 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 tons of crimes. He's been in and out of prison. One of the most heinous crimes that he did, which I, I I believe that all you women, female activists out there will have a problem with, is that he pulled a gun on a pregnant woman during a home invasion. Him and several other men rammed into a woman's house, put her at gun, gunpoint, potentially traumatized her for the rest of her life. And then at the time of his death, he's doing methamphetamine and fentanyl. And And, and some of y'all act like, methamphetamine and fentanyl just sprinkles out of the air and falls into your system randomly. No, you have to be in a certain lifestyle that gets you to a certain point where you're buying drugs from somebody in the community, probably another black man, buying drugs from somebody in the community to the point at which you're high and operating a motor vehicle. Then you use fake money to try to pay for something at the store that they call the police on you. In order for you to be involved in all of this behavior, you are making poor decisions. You are not a role model. You are not a model of the everyday black man. You are what we would consider an exception. You are a person who's on the, the lower end of the black spectrum. You are scum of the earth. If you are robbing pillaging people and using drugs and destroying property and trying to buy stuff with fake money when everybody else here is working hard, obeying the law and doing what they're supposed to do. But somehow, some way in our society, that person down here, who obviously he deserves justice and his family deserves justice, but that person down here is exalted in the realm higher than somebody like Ben Carson, Thomas Sowell, Larry Elder. Clarence Thomas, I, I could go down a list, Booker T. Washington, Frederick Douglass, Madam C.J. Walker, I ain't never in my life seen somebody saying, say her name, Madam C.J. Walker, who was the first female millionaire, and, and if she was alive today, she'd be the billionaire, out of any female in history, white or black, but y'all don't want to say her name, but the lowest amongst us, all of these individuals that they are touting as, a say their name, Sandra Bland, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, all of these individuals, if they had not died, and, and 95% of them were justified uses of force, but if they had not died, they would be in prison right now. They would be doing time for crimes that they've committed. Eric Garner, arrested 40-some times. And some of his arrests were for resisting arrest. Or at least a, a charge was for resisting arrest. Sandra Bland assaulted a police officer and killed herself in jail. It's all on video camera. Nobody went in her cell. Nobody came out of her cell. This is not an Epstein. She did that. Instead of us addressing the fact that she had mental illness and us helping her with her suicidal ideations, we want to just brush it off as a, a police brutality. Tamir Rice, unfortunate situation. The little kid twirling a gun that did not have an orange tip on it. It was removed. The gun looked like a real gun. The police officer pulled up, he walked out, pulled the gun, and they shot him one time. No intent to kill, but subsequent to a justified use of force, that young man died. That was tremendously unfortunate. We can keep going down the list. Michael Brown was a justified use of force determined by not only the federal government, but local law enforcement as well. And anybody with a stem can tell that was a justified use of force by the police officer that unfortunately resulted in Michael Brown's death. But y'all keep touting all of these individuals. Breonna Taylor, uh, Philando Castile, Breonna Taylor was knee deep in, in a drug criminal enterprise. If she had not been killed, which was very unfortunate, she would be in prison right now, along with her ex-boyfriend, Mr. Glover. Now, let's talk about Philando Castile. Philando Castile would be in jail right now if he hadn't have been shot. And let me tell you why. Because in Philando Castile's vehicle, he had illegal marijuana in a jar. Enough to send you to jail. Now, not only did he have that, he's carrying around illegal marijuana while in possession of a firearm. That's a felony crime. And that's not only a felony crime, but it's, it's, a, uh, it's a add-on to the felony crime by being in possession of a firearm. He also was illegally in possession of a CCW. He lied on his application and said he had not been using illegal drugs, which he had video and his toxicology results came back, said he was using illegal drugs even at the time that he got the CCW. On the CCW form, it talks about illegal drugs. Now, you got a CCW, you can't be using illegal drugs or carrying or being in possession of illegal drugs, so you're in violation of your CCW license. I could go down the list. Every single person, Laquan McDonald, Laquan McDonald was unjustified to be shot by the police officer. Shot him 12 times, that police officer got charged with second degree murder, which was an appropriate charge. Laquan McDonald was high on PCP, running around threatening people with a knife, threatening several police officers. Y'all cannot find anybody. Stephen Clark, let's go to Stephen Clark in uh, Sacramento. Burglarizing vehicles, try to force entry into somebody's house. All of what we are talking about are felonies. Then he jumped in the backyard, went to pull out something that looked like a gun to the police officers in pitch black darkness with grass that's about six feet tall. And they shot him and killed him. If he had not have been killed, he would have been in prison. I can go down a list. All the ones that I've known that I've seen that y'all touted are all extreme criminals who happen to get killed by police. A, a, a small minority of them are unjustified. The large majority of them are justified uses of force that you just will not accept. I'm all for standing up for people and standing up for injustice. I will protest and I'm telling y'all here as I'm standing here. I will protest police shootings that are not right. I will protest them if justice is not served. In George Floyd's case, they fired the officer the day the video came out and they charged him and the other officers That were related. Which I think that they should not have charged the officers that were related. They're going to have a hard time proving them in court. But Chauvin should have been charged. They did all of that and they still protesting. And in our community, in the black community, and you can't say I didn't grow up in a black community. I did. My stepfather died from heroin overdose. Big time gangbanger. And you you can't tell me I don't know what's going on. I know a lot of people in my family who sold drugs. And sold drugs to each other. Watching them high and strung out on crack cocaine. At my at my at my uh, uh uh at my draft day event, so high on drugs, they can't even speak a full sentence. And you telling me I don't know what's going on in the dope game, I don't know about crackheads, and I don't know about uh uh, uh being in a black community. Graduated from Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School, right in the middle of the hood and stop six, all black school. Okay, okay, now that I threw a little bit of my credentials out there, I know what I'm talking about. And I know these things are prevalent in the black community. ABL said in his video, y'all should go follow ABL. ABL said in his video that when you come home from from, from a college graduation, when you come home from getting your doctorate degree, you don't get the same celebration that when you come home for for doing time in the pen. You want to know how I know? How many parties were thrown for me after I graduated college? How many? How many parties? How many parties were done when I started my master's degree program, when I graduated from the police academy? How many parties were thrown? How much coordination? Now, one of my cousins who I love very dearly, he's going to get out of prison after doing 15 years. He was sentenced to 70 years. One of his charges was for shooting three people. I love him to death. I know he made a mistake, and I feel like he's a changed man. He's sentenced to 70 years. He'll do 15. He will be out. When he come home, the family, I guarantee you, will throw a celebration biggest we've ever seen. I will be there. So you can't tell me that people don't throw a bigger celebration from when you come home from doing time in a pen than when you get an education. No fault of their own. It's just people don't think like that in the hood. People don't think like that in large pockets of the black community. That's something that needs to change. That's something that needs to change. We don't need to put... A person who has tormented the black community for years on a mural and try to say this is an example of black men in America that if you are like him you will be killed that is not true and I'm gonna make a video about the NFL players saying the stupidest stuff that I've ever seen but they're in a video saying I'm Michael Brown I'm Philando Castile I'm Breonna Taylor are you really are you really you live in a multi-million dollar house. You're making millions of dollars. You're making people's whole salary in one football game. Are you really like Breonna Taylor? Are you knee deep in the dope game? Do you have a search warrant for your arrest at your residence? Oh, you don't? Well, then you're not Breonna Taylor. Oh, you fighting with the police officer in the middle of the street for his firearm and got shot dead? Then you're not Michael Brown. Are you riding around dirty smoking weed with your kid in the back seat carrying a gun with marijuana? Then you're not Philando Castile. I can go down the list, ladies and gentlemen, but then my video will be three or four hours. I believe Candace Owens has been completely consistent since day one. And if you don't like Candace Owens, then don't watch her. Candace Owens nor I have ever said, I'm the voice of the black community. The truth is, is that people recognize real, people can recognize facts, so then they follow us and it makes us the spokespeople of the black community and issues in the United States of America. It ain't our doing. The truth is the reason why people watch and listen. And Candace Owens' platform is 20 times as big as mine. But, you know, at the end of the day, people can recognize real. And there's a lot of up and coming black conservatives that keep it real. And that people understand that they can go to for facts. If we ever going to change anything, and I'm going to finish it on this. If we're ever going to change anything in this country, then we need to operate in truth, not your feelings. Because your feelings change. Your feelings change for people. Your feelings change for politics. Your feelings can change about the things you've done wrong in life and you want to correct them. Your feelings can change. But the truth will never change. The truth is the truth when you were born and the truth it will be the truth when the day you die. And people need to understand that the only way you're going to be free is if people are telling the truth. Now, I'm going to give this analogy and I promise I'm off because I want you to watch all my other videos. Now, I'm going to give an analogy about deep sea or what they consider cave diving. When you dive in a cave in water, you have a safety rope. If you ever lose track or cut that safety rope, you have no way of finding your way back to the surface, back To freedom, back to air, to oxygen. Eventually you will get lost in a cave, your equilibrium is off, you don't know if you're up, down, left, right, you don't know how deep you are, you don't know how high you are. You will die eventually because you don't have the safety rope. Now in this analogy the safety rope is the truth. As long as you got the safety rope, as much as you get turned around and you get confused, you can always use the safety rope to pull yourself back to safety, pull yourself back to reality. Ladies and gentlemen, never forget the safety rope.
1: All right. Now, I'm not going to say anything but say this. He's right. You know, there's a lot of people who claim to be a, 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 a Christians doing exactly the same thing. And you wonder why people are losing ground with unbelievers. They complain about them doing wrong But you're not even seeing why You are the person who did the wrong You act like them How can a person of God Going to change the minds Of people If they act like the various people They want to change the minds from That's a good question that really comes to mind How can you say that you are for God, if you hyper focus on what you supposed to be doing, like the world's doing. Yeah, if you focus on the world's doing uh, a society of doing things, you're gonna continue on believing the things that is so near minded on the facts. And the truth from God's word more than you would on anything else. You will take God's word and think it's nothing. You will try to twist God's word and try to be me complicted to him. You will try to get God's word and make it to be your own words that his. You will try so hard to make everything your way instead of God's way. And that right there is the reality that we are facing right now. In this world, world we are living in, we living in this world without the truth that needs to be coming from God because we we rejected His truth, and we got people who do think differently. Yeah, you got people who think differently from you. They they call you all kinds of names by. Now we we'll gonna talk about that next week. Next week, oh, that's gonna be a very, very. Touch a subject about because I'm going to Really ram that into some people Now I'm just being honest You need to understand why That truth needs to be said and hopefully Next week I can get a guest To talk about these things here But let's continue on here With that said you have to be very Very honest with yourself What's going on with people Okay People get all bent shape And not even come to this reality you know we can't really fix the issues of man only God can and the main reason why we can't fix the issues of man because man is in sin and man tries to fix his own issues in sin that's why we need a savior why are we fighting this thing you know this stuff has really become really ridiculous it's getting stupid every single time if you don't use biblical truth. I mean, biblical. I mean, what God is saying directly from his word. So it's a list of things that people talk about all the time. This is the conversations that we have every night. That a lot of people talk about. Even right now live on the radio people will not accept this but this is the things that we can't not fix without god you can't fix this on your own people try to get all trying to get more philosophical on these issues now here's one of them i'm about to play in a minute but it really tells you where people are literally And I just really, it's like nauseating to even hear people justifying sin. I mean, what, who do that if you are a child God? I mean, when I was a sinner, I'm just being honest. When I was a sinner, I used to think like this. And when you see yourself outside looking in you look at the fat man do they realize that they are really caught up in their own sin i don't think so but don't take my word for it let's just get into
6: this i talking about and what should we be talking about maybe two different things this is wretched radio permit me to share with you a laundry list of items you and i could be discussing these are subjects that are swirling around what you and i have been watching in the news where our are no doubt our jaws have been dropping starting with the video of george floyd handcuffed on his face with a man's knee on his neck for eight minutes and he died was anybody not absolutely shocked by that sickened by that i don't know about you i i i i I couldn't watch more than about 10 seconds of it couldn't do it so i thought i'll read the transcript of what happened that was worse to read a grown man begging for his life and then saying, Mama, Mama, before he passed out and then ultimately died. Anybody else not staggered by that? And then the ensuing looting that took place? Anybody else not shocked by that? So you and I, no doubt, confronted by all of these images, it is the talk du jour. It is also the talk of the day. You and I are invited into all kinds of conversations. And I am not suggesting that you and I cannot have them, but I would like to suggest to you, if we want to do any good and to make an impact and to actually affect change, we must. We must follow the example of Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul and how they dealt with social issues. And the, the answer to the question, how did they engage, is they didn't. There were tons of headlines that broke, whether it was local, national, even international. Word got around, and there were plenty of conversations that took place. And Paul was confronted with these issues. So was Jesus. And we don't read about one of them in the New Testament. Instead, Paul preached nothing but Christ and him crucified. Why? Because he knew that that was the key to changing people's hearts, not just their behavior, but to actually changing them. And that is the unique Christian message. And if you and I want to chat about all of these subjects at the dinner table of course knock yourself out but if we are going to have conversations with other people might i suggest they are uniquely christian because anything short of a supernatural intervention is not going to fix this massive problem it's not uniquely american but wow it is perhaps the, one of the greatest demonstrations, one of the greatest demonstrations, not the only, and there, there's others that have been worse in history, of racial tension between people groups. And if we think that some sort of punditry is going to fix these problems, uh, let me try to make my case. I have written down for your consideration a laundry list of subjects that are swirling around racial relations in the United States right now. And I'm going to read these to you without commentary, without telling you what I think about any of these things. But I have simply put this list together for us to recognize these things can't be fixed with conversations at the water cooler. These things can't be helped with understanding stories now those things those those things have a place but if we think that just talking about these things and weighing in with our opinion which is loaded with a million memories with a million experiences with a million preferences that we are somehow going to bring about harmony I think we're just we've forgotten the world now, if this, if this last week has not demonstrated that the world right now needs a supernatural intervention, I don't know what does. I don't know what will persuade a Christian to stop keeping our eyes on the lower-level issues and start thinking bigger. Start thinking with a God perspective and what our mission and role is here on this planet. Here's the list. See if you think that a water-cooler water conversation is going to fix these. Right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm not presenting these issues as any sort of critique or commentary. I'm sharing this list because it's so massive and it's so profound. Do we, do we really think that a radio show is, is going to fix this? Do we think a, a, a TV show, a special on CBS, racial relations in America, really going really gonna to fix all of this? In no particular order. Right, wrong, indifference. George Floyd, you've got an opinion on that. So do others. Michael Brown, Ahmad Arbery, got an opinion on that? What's your take? So do others. Police brutality, fatherlessness, racism, anger. Welfare, the hip-hop culture, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, identity politics, slavery, an agitating media, inner city Violence, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, the KKK, lynchings, systemic racism, Charlotte church shooting, rioting and looting. Education, the University of Michigan study on systemic racism in the police forces of America. Colin Kaepernick, oppression, the prosperity gospel, tone deaf white leaders, Antifa. White supremacy. Think a meme's going to fix this? You think that a Fox special is going to present the information that we all need to persuade us to love one another? Do we even think that having conversations about our experiences as helpful as that may be do we think it's going to fix this do we even think that just understanding one another is going to make this better they are woefully inadequate to the task they have no chance of fixing these problems if this past week has not proved beyond the shadow of a doubt Our nation's problem is a sin problem. Biblical language to describe a biblical problem, which gives us hope because then we have a biblical solution. Then I don't know what it will take for the American church to wake up and start talking like Jesus in regard to social issues. He addressed it with the only solution. Repent and believe the gospel. Paul came to a city filled with problems, filled with political corruption, filled with attitudes, filled with debauchery. I preached nothing but Christ and him crucified. I would ask a question of you, and I would ask a question of me. For all of the people with whom you have engaged so far over this last week on this, on this subject, have you talked about the biblical solution once? Did you weigh in on any of these issues? Wow. I'll bet you did. I know I did. Did I bring the solution to the problem? Did we offer up the real diagnosis, or did we simply fall into the trap of using secular lingo framed with secular thoughts and ideologies? Mm. When we fail to identify the problem by using biblical language, we will never find a biblical solution. So here's what we've got. America. We've got a sin problem. We've got an unregenerated culture. And we have got hearts that are prone to be hateful. Unregenerate people, regenerate people, need this unique Christian message that Jesus died for sinners. And now there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, black and white, slave, free, rich poor male or female because we can be one in christ that is the unique christian message i would ask you what are you talking about all
1: right tom brought it home and this is my my whole viewpoint about this because volley gonna really bring in some things That literally some calm the truth that people don't want to talk about. I'm saying so low for you to get. Because when you are in a emotional high. You forget who you are in Christ. Let's just put it in another perspective here. When Todd brought that laundry list because like I said this whole broadcast tonight is about the list it brings out a list of things that people don't want to talk about that is a issue that really comes in with emotions people are getting crazy get bent out of shape trying to be all this and that in the back of chips and they don't understand why they are feeling the way they feel and they really really come to the glimpse reality that God is the truth and every man's a liar. So when you realize that, how were you able to come to grips on that truth? Remember, just hearing what Brandon Taylor was about, people don't like to accept truth. You hear it from different other people. You listen to that lady talk about how people did to the store that she put us you know she invests into and the list goes on i'm you some examples of these things to show you to come to a conclusion how this stuff is when it comes to stupidity now a lot of people don't like the truth because it's not in them but these people claim to be a christ so how you can determine what is true because I'm going to even go a little bit further here with, with Vodi, Dr. Vodi Bakum And we're going to give a little bit of take on this. And I'm going to put my two cents into it. And once I put my, my review into this, my editorial into this, which is from the word of God, you have a choice to make. That's just that. Vody. This is. I mean. This is bringing in the truth. He's going to say some things that you guys gonna get mad about. He'll say he's talking to the white people. No, he's not. He's talking to everybody. We just heard from Todd. It is a sin issue. But people don't want to talk about sin. Let's see what Vodi had to say.
9: Just two things here that are incredibly important. One is it identifies the distinctions that matter and secondly it identifies the division that exists now these distinctions that matter are important because oftentimes we talk about distinctions and we talk about being distinct from one another in terms of our race race is actually a social construct the concept of race is not a biblical concept it's not a biblical idea It is a constructed idea. You won't find the idea of races in the Bible unless you find it in the proper historical context where we see, number one, that we are all the race of Adam. Amen? Amen. One race, one blood. We are all the race of Adam. There is less than a 0.2% genetic difference between any of us in this regard. In fact, we're not even different colors, now, a- amen. Technically, from a genetic perspective, from a biochemistry perspective, we're all actually the same color. Our color comes from our melanin. We've all got melanin just to differing degrees. So it's not that some of us are, you know, this color, some of us are that color. Some of, No, we're just different shades of the same color. Some of us just have more melanin than others. And I want you to listen to me on this. Listen to me. Just because you don't have as much melanin as I do, don't you dare think God doesn't love you as much as he loves me because he gave me more. I think that is
1: really, I think that put the nail in the coffin on these things here. And you really look at it that is absolutely true because if you if it's not true let me, let me put this in the concept that will make you think about this and one of our hosts is going to broadcast it this week on her show if that is not true that we don't have the same color in us, then why we marry outside. The different melons that we have you know like people call it interracial uh, uh couples and interracial children and all this stuff they try to make a construct that is not even biblical sound like i'm gonna give you an example here if my son decided to marry a, uh, a, a, a a a a a lady that's a different melody he has let's say she's white okay i would still love her Like she's my door. Why? Because I don't look at that. And this is where the stupidity comes from. Because these constructs that uh, Dr. Bakken was saying come from society that is depraved when you have a society so depraved your whole perspective about things in life is all about your knowledge but not god's knowledge remember in romans chapter one that god had to gave them up because they did not recognize him as god in their own sin i'm paraphrasing but that's the truth that's what's really going on here because if you take the time to really look at this thing here, it's really true, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. They like, say, "Oh, Cleveland, this is crazy. That is not true." Now, I'm going to give some synopsis into this. We're going to talk a little bit more deeper into this a little bit more. And I'm going to say this because this is why we are in this mess we in. And we're going to talk about this next week. But I'm going to really bring this home to justify why this is true. And I'm going to do this here because I got five minutes to really make this happen. Okay. And I'm going to put it in this order. And we're going to talk about it next week. Sin stupid. It is. S- Bottom line. I think I should go ahead. C- close this broadcast right now. Sin is stupid. It really is. I'm not going to explain it. I want you to think about it. Sin enslaves. You know a lot of people said that. We feel like we've been enslaved. For society for years. What well, actuality is. Sin is actually enslaved the people who said that. Number three, salvation liberates breaking the believers enslavement to sin. Number four, salvation of the saints in Rome was being begin is the beginning of AB to teaching which condemns sin. That's at that time frame. We, that's in Romans. We'll talk about Romans a little bit about this. Look at number five. I'm just thinking about number five. Turning back to sin is stupid because it's so being uh, because in so doing we return to that slavery to sin from which we were liberated in Christ. Remember, we're talking about people who says black lives matter, who says all these things about we need to respect the homosexual community we need to be thinking about these people who want to kill their babies we want to really go into the fact that you commit all kinds of adultery we want to really want to focus on the things that is of sin but we don't want to talk about it so where is it are you liberated in Christ if you still going into it and practice the sin. And a lot of people want to excuse to say it's mental issues. That's about some BS to me. Oh, Cleveland, you say BS. Yes, it is. Belonging sausages. <laughs> I'm just joking. Here's some more. To turn back to sin is to turn away from grace. I want you to think about that. Turn back to sin is walking in the way which leads to death rather than to life right and that's really what's going on here we not gonna we're gonna talk a whole lot more next week about this but i want to focus on this list for just a couple more minutes here and want you to really think about all this going on you got people talking about all these issues. That's not re- relatively what God is talking about. The whole thing that people are talking about is a byproduct of sin. You got racism. Is they say it's the high sin of the land. No, it's not. Sin is sin. We got people committing all kinds of sins on on a an alarming rate. What happened to George Floyd was a it was you can't call a mischaracter of of uh, uh, a mischaracterization of a person. But the thing is that if he didn't do these things that led up to his demise, he would be alive today. But like you said, like uh, um, Brandon Tennant said, you would not even want to have nothing to do with the man, especially the criminal record that he has. Now, if he changed and became a Christian. Then that's one thing, but I doubt it. I doubt it with the life of me. I'm gonna tell you why I said that. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out here that will that really gonna make people angry with me, and it's going to make people so mad they have to really think about. Well, you know, could we, we kind of make sense on this whole thing? Now, here's my assessment of the whole thing on this. If he was a child of God. A child of God will not practice sin. Now, you cannot say he backslid because backsliders doesn't even make sense in the Bible in that regard. If you did commit sin, you will easily repent because your conscience and the Holy Spirit will, will lead you to repentance if you are of Christ. That's the truth. So you can't go around and say he's a Christian. That's what people want to say. But y'all it's with pharaohs, especially pharaohs that have this kind of magnitude in it. They always want to put the person on a liar note instead of actually looking at the family that allowed him to commit the sins that he did. This happened to my family when my cousin did the sins he did and caused his demise. And nobody don't even ask the questions about him. Why not? Oh because if you ask the questions and you ask the things about what's going on, it will get you to look at this thing full circle. So that's why I'm saying and be honest with you. What we have here is a sin issue. As a lot of people in the body of Christ is acting on their emotional sin. Or Let it put it like this. They are reacting to their sin. Now the worldview is coming out in full throttle, in full force, in full mechanisms and everything else. You can't handle it. You can't. Because now the choice is yours. Remember, God is don't change he's a just god you can't just go around and say yeah he's loving he loves us but if you are in sin he's just he is a just god he doesn't change and his justice rules more than anything else so i know that sound like i'm being heavy hearted on this but it got to be Because we talk about sin here folks We're not talking about something uh, Proclaiming to be something That's easy to the hearts Of people So they could feel So good to be Yeah well you, you do what's wrong And slap their hand No If they die in sin They go into the white throne Of judgment And face a Holy God They're going to judge them for rejecting his son. Now, do you want that conscience on you? Now, I know a lot of people will say, Cleveland, you sound like it's on us. Yes, he is on us because God got got us here to make sure the Great Commission is being proclaimed to get people right with him. We can't go around faking this anymore. It really do make me angry to see believers acting a fool like this. But... God knows that Some of these people are not even his So you got to understand How to Get rid of The tears That's going on And how you do that You got to let them both The wheat and the tear grow together The tear will show itself No matter how much you try But the wheat will bear fruits It will be good to use now, I know I went over my time, but that's okay because I'm going to tell you something else. We're going to really bust this. We're going to kill this sacred cow and put it in the, in the way it needs to be because this here of all of these things here going on is beneath the reasons that God called people to do. Now, a lot of people will get mad. I like, say, oh, that's okay. I don't care. But the truth is, you got to understand that this stuff that is going on in people's lives are the result of sin. You know, it's a meme going on. It's a hashtag going on. You know, to really change the Black, the hashtag Black Lives Matter to Jesus Matter. Well, I've been broadcasting God Matters for the past four years. Almost four years. Not say the past four, but almost four years. God Matters most. And that hashtag is just new. But it really should be the focus point regardless of any situation. Because God do matter. Father God matters the most. And when he matters, everything else is irrelevant. I'm just saying, but it's biblical. Well, that's all I have to say tonight. I love that you guys are here to listen to me. Because without you guys, this stuff would never be possible. I want to thank each and every last one of you to watch us on IMP streams to listen to us on the resident christian radio network and go to my anchor account which is on you could go in and click on on the um the broadcast notes and you could click on my link say cleaver Rose, and you will see and you go listen to all my past shows on anchor so like i said i will be back next week on this topic but stay true stay true with god because everything else is irrelevant when he's not in his will good night and god bless portions
0: of our broadcast day made possible by internet media providers makers of crosslink with crosslink you can view any christian television station in the world using crosslink for more information Look for the link to Internet Media Providers on this website or app or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com
3: Thank you for listening
1: to the Biblical Editorial Review. We hope this broadcast has challenged you to see this world from God's perspective. Tune in next time for another Biblical Editorial Review.
0: The Biblical Editorial Review with Cleveland Roads is copyrighted by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.